That's The Lifers with Sister from their soon-to-be-released album, Honey Sweet. The Lifers, led by sisters Liv and Anita Cazola, are an art-folk rock collective from Guelph, Ontario. Liv and Anita have been delighting listening audiences across Canada since the release of their first EP, Set the Sales, in 2014, and their first long player, Out and In, in 2016. Well, they're getting ready for the sophomore album, That Is Honey Sweet, and it's more personal than ever, reflecting on the fragility of life and our world, and touching on themes of place, sisterhood, mental health, and the environment. And it features their beautiful intertwined vocals, wrapped in an accompaniment featuring softly plucked strings, accordion swells, rip-roaring drums, and soaring melodies. They're a great live band, and I'm so pleased to be able to talk to Liv and Anita Cazola today. They're at home in Guelph. How are you guys doing? Lovely! We're sitting here out in the sunshine. It feels so good. (laughs) Now, before we came to interview, you were just mentioning you had a band practice because you've got lots of tour dates coming up. We're going to talk about the tour dates a little later, but let's talk about the band and this new album. Mm -hmm. Sure. So the rehearsal that we just had was uh, with our regular six-piece collective, as well as Jojo Worthington, who was the co-producer for this album and uh, she's been a big influence for us in uh, incorporating a few more electronic technical elements uh, (laughs) for this album so it was really good to kind of integrate all of those things so we're doing um, all of our Ontario dates with that full band and then uh, for two special shows in uh, Guelph in Toronto, we've actually invited all 12 people who performed on the album to be on stage with us for our little, what we're calling, Focustra performance. Well, I think that's one of the exciting things about this band, because it just seems to get bigger and bigger all the time. (laughs) It's hard to hold back. (laughs) I should mention to our listeners, if they don't know, I've known you for quite a while from the days of Detour, which I think last time we talked, we thought was... I don't know, dare I say seven or eight years ago, possibly more. Oh, probably I more. Think it's more. It it's might be like more. 10 years now. 10 years. 10 years. Maybe not. Actually, maybe 10. Maybe 10. <laughs> maybe nine. Let's say nine. Uh, a long ship. Let's just agree it's a long time. <laughs> so you've been making music together for quite a while. The Life, as I think, became an entity, what, about 2013, 2014? Yeah, 2014, very beginning we, uh, of that year. We had spent a bit of time apart when I was at university for a couple of years before Anita went away to school. Once Anita started school in Toronto, we started to kind of make music together again. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wanted to... <laughs> it's funny, we started the name The Lifers because we needed something to enter a Battle of the Bands contest. <laughs> At Ryerson, and so we kind of scrambled up this name, and it it stuck. So tell us a bit about the, I was going to say the ethos behind the band, because, you know, you you play beautifully as a duo. I've seen you play many times as a duo. You've played on my radio show a few times as a duo. Mm -hmm. But the band thing is something different, because it it brings in so many different aspects, Um, you know, different players, different sonic experiences to the, to the music. And I wanted to give you a chance to talk about why you wanted to have that big band feel to this collective. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's always been a dream of ours to play with 
a big group of musicians. And through our younger musical days, we did perform with a band. And I think that's when we felt most powerful on stage and when we felt most emotionally driven and emotionally rooted in the music. Every time we play, I feel that force within myself as a player, and I think you do too, Liv. Uh-huh. And you, you feel the things that you want to hear in the music, and so then playing with four additional musicians, doing the things that happen in our heads <laughs> is just an amazing feeling and really, I think, allows us to express most truly. Yeah, I think the special thing about fleshing out the arrangements, the way that we kind of have pictured them in our heads, combined with the way that the people we're playing with picture the songs in their heads, the way that we're united as a six-piece is, I think, the thing that I find most intoxicating about playing with them <laughs> is just having having that kind of unity with those mm-hmm. people. I think it really helps as well that there are so many interconnected relationships within the band as well. We're we're all very close to one another as friends. And so I think that just really helps unite things in a particular way. It is a little bit like a, a little family going on. Mm-hmm. There's obviously the sisters and then both my partner and Liv's partner is are in the band. And then the other two players as well we've been friends with for such a long time and we have geographical connections and friends connections and everything. It just, it feels right. It feels good. <laughs> so we started off with the song Sister from the new album. Obviously, you are sisters. You've been making music together for a long time. Tell mm-hmm. us about this song. I started writing this song after Liv and I had gone on our first tour, just the two of us. And I was reflecting on the challenges that we face as sisters who work together and whose relationship is a lot of the time consumed with this musical project. And it can be really hard for us to focus on our relationship as sisters while also trying to get all of these things done for the band. And I think particularly for me, I struggle with anxiety and I have for a number of years and I I fear a lot of the times that my my struggle with anxiety is kind of holding live back from doing things that we want to do um, but I have trouble doing sometimes and so I think the song is a bit of an apology feeling like I'm making things more difficult than they need to be but also realizing that's just the way that it is, and mm-hmm. we can we can work with it. Um, yeah, when Anita played it for me the first time, it was it was really hard for me to hear because what I took from it was it brought to light the ways that I was feeling I might have been pressuring Anita and pushing her boundaries a little bit too much. And so at first, it, it proved to be a really good topic of discussion between mm-hmm. the two of us and it really brought us closer and and this whole album process has really brought us closer um, as sisters and friends and people who work together. Mm-hmm. I think it's been really healing for us to 
be writing about this stuff and really, really digging into these songs. And yeah, it's yeah. really cathartic. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about the songwriting process you use? Uh, you're both credited for the lyrics on the album. The music you've credited to the life as, as a collective. But I sense that you probably bring different ideas to the band yourselves. And um, you mentioned, I think, Anita working on the song and then bringing it to you, Liv. Can you talk about uh, how you go about writing the songs for the band? Yeah. Um, what usually tends to happen is one of us will write the song kind of enough to show the other person, but definitely not in a solidified, finished state. And then we'll bring it to first to the other sister and <laughs> kind of edit and revise and write Workshop. some harmonies. Mm -hmm. And then once it's kind of feeling more settled as a song, then we'll bring it to the band and we'll have, by then we'll kind of have an idea of what we want to do, but we kind of mm -hmm. let the band morph its way into the song. Yeah, it's a really collaborative process once mm -hmm. we get to that point. Um, it's hard to really pinpoint whose ideas are what at that <laughs> point because it's so kind of mashed together. I usually start with lyrics and melody first. They kind of usually come together in my head. Mm -hmm. um, and then the music kind of follows shortly after. And with having so many collaborators, I presume there must be a real opportunity for some of the members of the band to say, hey, why don't we try to do this, this, you know, this time, you know, try. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Some of the songs have gone through so many different lives, even within <laughs> uh, the time that we've been playing them together as a six piece. Mm -hmm. Like I know um, Three Sheets to the Wind has gone through a lot of transformations. Oh, yeah. One of our songs. Yeah. And I think the nature of things has gone through the most amount of transition. I think mm -hmm. It's been... Of the songs on the album, I think it's been around the longest, and we just kept changing it and changing it and changing it, and <laughs> it, we're really we kept happy changing with it <laughs> while we were recording, too. <laughs> we're happy with how it is now, though, which is a good sign. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So let's talk about that song. You met One of the themes on the album is the environment. The Nature of Things is a song about the environment. I, I wondered if there was also a nod to David Suzuki in there because you picked the title. <laughs> um, tell us how this song came around. Well, this song was actually uh, a self-imposed writing prompt for a uh, a songwriting course that I did in university in my final year. It's funny, the David Suzuki parallel wasn't even drawn. I didn't even realize when I was writing the song that it was referencing his show, but I think it makes a lot of sense with the, mm -hmm. with the narrative of this song. And it's the first one that we have on this album, which I think is really important because it's it's kind of got an overall theme of, okay, there's a problem here. There are cycles happening. How do we break this cycle? What is it that we're dealing with here? And it's a, it's kind of a chaotic song in some ways with all of these thoughts floating around in our heads, which is kind of how our thought process began for writing the songs a lot of the songs on this album is, okay, here's the problem that we're facing. What do we do about it? Mm -hmm. And I think in some ways, now that I've just been sitting here thinking about David Suzuki and the nature <laughs> of things, <laughs> um, he's wonderful. I actually just saw him speak at an, an Earth Day Green Party rally in Guelph, and it was amazing. The this, this show is 
teaching people about nature and the environment. A lot of the times, the process of learning about environmental issues can be this this kind of chaotic mess. You're you're kind of faced with these really really big issues, and the more science you put into it, the more you realize, oh my gosh, I don't know if we can come back from this. I don't know. There's there's still ways to find hope, and I think that's another thing that this album tries to do is to find little nooks of hope within this. Yeah, even with the choruses of this song, the first chorus says, oh, let it grow, the nature thinks, the nature it sings. The next time is, oh, let it fall, the nature of things, the nature it stings. So even just those two parallels show the kind of conflict that we're, we're facing in this album. Mm-hmm. Now, the other th- interesting thing about this song is it finishes very abruptly. I feel like I should warn our listeners. The next song finishes very <laughs> abruptly. W- was that intentional? Because in some ways, when you mention hope, I think, you know, when you have a song that just suddenly stops, it certainly makes you think. But I just yeah. wondered whether that was not that hopeful a way to end a song. Yeah, it's it's definitely, it doesn't feel hopeful at the end of this song, but it definitely leads into feelings of hope later on in this album. The reason why we decided to end it so abruptly was uh, multifaceted, I suppose. <laughs> at first, kind of came as an idea from our producers, David Warden and Jojo Worthington. They said, well, why don't we, instead of ending it the way that you do live on stage, why don't we just cut it off? right before that peak moment. And I kind of, I love the poetic nature of what that does to the song because you expect it to go somewhere, just like with any cycle, with the, with the seasons, with any uh, ebb and flow happening in nature, you expect for it to continue. And sometimes if things go wrong, it just doesn't. And so I thought it was an interesting thing for me to reflect on mm-hmm. uh, when changing this song in such a drastic way it's certainly a very beautiful song and it definitely makes you think let's play that just now this is the lifers with the nature of things from their forthcoming album honey sweet you're listening to folk roots radio and i'm jan hall Oh, 
That's the Lifers with the Nature of Things from their new album. It's entitled Honey Sweet. It's due to arrive in May. Living in Anita Cazola, the sisters at the heart of the Lifers, are special guests on Folk Roots Radio today. I want to talk a little bit about the production of the album. You mentioned that you were working with Jojo Worthington. I wondered if you met Jojo when you were playing up at Summerfolk, because I know you've played the Summerfolk Festival before. I'm curious as to why you decided that you would like her to be the producer or one of the producers of the album. I know you mentioned that she brought some different things to the process. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. We actually met Jojo before we played Summerfolk that same year. She opened for my other band, The Breath and the Bellows, which was a, a university band for me. She opened for our album release concert. And that was, I think, the first time that I met her and mm-hmm. heard her music live. Yeah, well, we had heard of her before that um, mm-hmm. through mutual friends and whatnot and knew she was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> knew she was up to some pretty oh, interesting yeah. stuff. After after we met her there, she was a lovely human to interact with, and we really loved her music. And she was, I think, at the cusp of some major transitions musically. Shortly after that, she released her latest album called Two Lines. And I remember listening to that album and thinking, wow, this is someone who started as a folk singer-songwriter artist, but has pushed her music in such a way that it it challenges the listener and it, it really pulls from so many areas of music and is so powerful. It spoke to me in such a big way and I just thought, I want her to have her hands on my music because <laughs> she's got a great brain and I think she would have a lot of interesting things to say um, and to suggest. And she definitely did. As soon as we started some pre-production sessions with her, she really made us think about our compositions in different ways and the meanings of our songs. Oh, yeah. In the studio, too, uh, both her and Dave were really tasteful about really pushing our boundaries, especially vocally, Mm -hmm. uh, to get takes of pure emotion and not holding back in any way and mm-hmm. uh i hope that's i hope that's felt because we definitely felt it it felt like yeah. finally when we had we had but sometimes we would get so angry at ourselves for not getting a chance to do it the way we needed to and yeah and it really pushed us to do what we needed to mm-hmm. it really really helped and i think with a lot of the songs it was a grueling process to get the right emotional take and sometimes you just had to stop for the day and just say, okay, we'll come back to this song tomorrow because we're not feeling it right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it really, it makes a huge difference when you're totally present in the emotion and the feeling of what you're trying to, to communicate with. And it helps when Dave and Jojo are so patient with us, too. Mm-hmm. I think that the two of them together were a really, really strong team, combining artistic with um, meticulous technical skill. <laughs> they bounced off of each other in a way that we hoped they would and and beyond, too. Mm-hmm. I'd like to take a break with another song from the album, and I thought we should play the song New Eyes because it's another beautiful song that really makes you think, and I think that's one of the things that really comes through with this recording. You really make an effort to try and 
engage the listener, not just in the music itself, but actually the, the thoughts behind it. Tell us a little bit about this song and why you wanted to make it part of the album. New Eyes was, I think, the most difficult one to arrange as a group. I think because it has so many different elements to it. There's so many different sections to this song. And to make it flow really well from beginning to end was a challenge. And I think we were able to pull it off quite gracefully in the end. Mm-hmm. Thanks to thoughts amalgamated yeah. by everyone. <laughs> yeah. I remember the the most uh, pivotal moment, I think, for me in this recording of New Eyes was when our drummer, Sam Boer, during one of the recording sessions said, I have an idea. So all I heard was uh, I saw him furiously typing on his computer and he had his headphones on and and in the end he said, okay, I have a part uh, in the middle. And for flute and clarinet. It was for flute and clarinet and there was this insane uh, intertwined part uh, that was a mess to score. <laughs> but it, it sounds so beautiful and, and they just, our players just, picked it up and did it right away. Yeah, and um, the amazing thing about the, the flute and clarinet players on the album is that they're best friends, and we didn't know when we asked them to do this, but they they kind of were back-to-back in, in sessions, and they had chatted with each other a few days before the session and said, yeah, I'm doing this session with the lifers, it's, <laughs> you know, I'm doing this thing, and then the other one said, yeah, me too, what? <laughs> So I think it was really special, just another beautiful relationship existing in the music. I think it was really important, too, to have these kind of dualities, those friendships with Anita and I. In the song, there's lyrical mention of the interaction between the sun and the moon uh, and between us and the planet. So Mm -hmm. I think those kind of all tie together. I wrote this on on the day of, it was a big supermoon, late 2016 in November, I think the biggest the moon has appeared or the closest the moon has been to earth in many many years and uh, I was sitting on the couch at the cottage at our family's cottage and I was just thinking oh my gosh there's this mess happening in the world around us both environmentally and socially and politically and I just thought you know what lies beyond that moon is there anybody who can come and save us <laughs> and then I I uh, started thinking about the lyrics for, for New Eyes. So I think this is one of those songs of hope that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, exactly. At first, I didn't have that hopeful ending section. And then I I realized how important it was to kind of turn it on its head and have the character in the song at one point fleeing from the problem and then deciding to face it and uh, join forces with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Let's play that just now. This is The Lifers with new eyes from their forthcoming album, Honey Sweet. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. Hardscapes, new lips, parted, parted, same
that's the lifers with new eyes from their new album honey sweet it's due in may of this year live and anita cazola are our special guests on folk roots radio today they are the heart of the lifers but the lifers really are a big band they're also a very equitable band and i wanted to talk about your comment you put in the notes and on the album about the importance of of trying to be equitable and trying to be sustainable in what you do and i do sense mm-hmm. that that's a big part of of who you are as people so tell us a little bit about why you wanted to make sure that this uh, was clearly put out on the record itself at the very very beginning of this recording project Liv and i kind of sat down and really tried to pinpoint areas that we wanted to address with our music because we think I don't know I have this this mentality that people I mean not a, hopefully a lot of people but some people will be listening to our music and we have the power to at least voice our opinion about things and and to share positivity within what we do and so why not take that and really try to empower people to improve and to to be more equitable with with everything and I think being women in the music industry like many many before us it, it has been a bit challenging and I think it's it's really important to us to to really support other women in in the industry but also just kind of create a space where people can work together and feel equal without any sort of barriers placed upon them and so we we really wanted to at least have uh, an equal yeah an equal division of of gender or or non-gender with with this album team that was really our our goal with everything and it's it feels really good to have done that and to actually have yeah to have 75 approximately 75 percent of the people who were working on this with us be female and also just to have the large majority of people be under 30 as well because I think there's a there's a lot of very wise people who are over 30 <laughs> in the music industry but i think there's so much happening right now with young musicians and it's so exciting to see and so we really wanted to showcase that and to support younger musicians and pay them proper wages and <laughs> you know just really try to expand our community of of young people who we really want to be working with. And then for the uh, sustainable portion of everything, um, that was a, it's a big challenge to figure out how to reduce our footprint and to, you know, how do you make a CD, which is inherently plastic, (laughs) be something that we can be okay with producing so many copies of? Um, And so we ended up working with a local partner, Ampersand is what they're called, in Guelph, and they produced uh, all of the paper materials for our album, uh, completely carbon neutral. It's interesting you say that because I got the sense when you were talking about your live shows as well, how important it was to make sure that everybody gets acknowledged and everybody gets an opportunity to be there. 
uh, you know, that you want to have all of the people involved be part of the celebration that an album launch should be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the live shows. Tell us a little bit about CD releases you have planned. And I think you also have a big tour with Guelph-based Annie Sumi that's taking place this summer. Yes, there is a lot going on and it's going to be a busy two months. So. Yes, it's <laughs> going to be a busy two months, but it's going to be an amazing, amazing two months. Um, so it all starts in Guelph, which is really lovely, with a big album release concert with the 12-piece Focustra. And this is kind of acting as both a tour kickoff show and an album release concert and so Annie Sumi is going to be opening this show and we're going to be playing us. with her. And we're going to be playing with her. And then we'll have our big 12-piece Lifers show. And then after that, we'll start the Sisterhood of Sound tour. And this first leg of the Sisterhood of Sound tour is going to be Liv and myself and Annie Sumi and our cellist Jill Sauerteig. Um, and we're going to be heading through the Northeast U.S to the east coast of Canada, and then making our way back through Quebec to Ontario. And so that'll be about three weeks. And about three about weeks. three weeks long. Yes. And that's uh, where we are not just performing as the Lifers and Annie Sumi, but we've actually combined sets, combined our songs, um, arranged them so that we're as collaborative and harmony-centric as possible. <laughs> so that's going to be such a treat to be with those mm -hmm. little women. Yeah, and then, so that's, that's May 16th until June 1st. And then after that, there's a bit of a break of the Sisterhood of Sound tour, and then it turns into the full 60s Lifers Honey Sweet album release tour in Ontario. And we've got, I think, seven Ontario dates lined up over the next couple of weeks mm -hmm. in there. One of which will be in Toronto, again, with the Focustra. That's um, another one of our, our large, larger areas where, where a lot of people want to see us. So mm -hmm. we decided to make that one a 12-piece one as well. Yes, and that one is June 6th in Toronto. And, and then, then <laughs> after, uh, I think June 9th is our last band show. And then June 10th, we board onto a plane and we're heading to Europe for the next leg of the Sisterhood of Sound tour. And we're going to be going on this part, just live myself and Annie. Um, and we're going to go through Italy and Switzerland and Germany and Norway um, for about a month, which is really, really exciting. Well, it all sounds wonderful. I should mention that if people want to get information on the dates, they can go to thelifersmusic.com. And they can mm -hmm. check out all your dates and you can uh, follow the links from there to pick up tickets. You guys yeah. sound like you're going to be really busy this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I certainly hope so. It's all with being busy with things we love. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been great to uh, have you join us today. I want to finish with one of the the songs on the album that builds to a thunderous finish. And anyone that sees you play with the big band, and we've had you play in our uh, showcase room at the Folk Music Ontario Conference a couple of times with the big band. Yeah, and your songs do this a lot, you know, as they, they kind of start off slow and, and quiet and then really build and build and then all of the instruments come up and they have this wonderful finish. And the song we're going to play is Front Door 
which is kind of like the front door to the lifers. You know, you check out this song and you get a real feel for what the lifers are all about. Tell us a little <laughs> bit more about it, though. Okay. This song uh, was written about the the overwhelming nature of moving around a lot. Um, I've Both of us have done a ton of changing homes over the past seven or eight years with either moving away to school or moving back home or, and even in the process of being on tour, there's a lot of moving from place to place pretty quickly. And it's something that I struggle a lot with again. And, um, I was trying to reflect on that. Um, I was walking down my street in my current neighborhood in Roncesvalles in Toronto. And I actually just moved out of that apartment. So again, I will spend, <laughs> I will spend next autumn with a different front door. But I was thinking about, I wonder if I'm going to see this season again next year in this neighborhood. And it was, it was autumn and it was beautiful. And there are lots of trees in that neighborhood. And I was just thinking, I wonder if I'm going to be able to experience this again. And, and then I just, started I I kind of thought to myself, well, that'd be the day that I, you know, do see the same season in the same place. It kind of seems like a simple thing, but it it really makes a difference for me to really feel connected to where I am and I think the song ends up ends up relating to more than just moving houses. I think it speaks to the problems that we face with having not as much attachment to our belongings as maybe at one point we as a society used to. And I think it's, it's really important to treasure what you have and to, to take care of your things, whether it's an object, whether it's your home, whether it's the earth that you walk on, because it's not replaceable as much as the current economy makes it seem like it is replaceable. So, yeah, I mean, there's, I could go on and talk more about that, but uh, <laughs> you could just listen to the song. Listen to the song and <laughs> do your own thinking. Live in Anita Cazola, it's always a great pleasure to talk to you. This is The Lifers with Front Door from their new album, Honey Sweet. And thanks again for spending the time to talk to us on Folk Roots Radio. Oh, thanks so much for having us. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, Jan.